Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 91 of the Farbell Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. Later in this episode, I am recommending the Erie, Pennsylvania technical death metal band Requiem for Oblivion with the track Esoterica. Before that, I welcome one of this podcast's earliest guests in Johannes from the post-metal and sludge icons Cult of Luna. Cult of Luna are about to drop their new EP, The Raging River. This is their first release on their own Red Creek label. In addition to the EP, Johannes and I discuss how they were the last show I attended in 2020, working with Mark Lanigan. That time, he may have lied to me about playing shows with Julie Christmas and a lot more. So before we dive in with Johannes, here is some of Three Bridges from their upcoming EP, The Raging River. good on my part and you not not no. too not too bad you know yeah. uh try not to be distracted by the weird vote happening in my capital right now but you know trying to keep yeah, that I, out of sight out of mind at the moment but it's not going well yeah I'm, yeah i'm i'm following that in almost in real time <laughs> yeah i've got a yeah. i have a group chat of people who are just kind of giving me un like uninvited live updates of the whole thing so Let's go ahead and hide my yeah. phone. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I was just listening to, uh, we have this, uh, the Swedish National Radio have a podcast called the, uh, well, basically the, the USA po- podcast where they have like political commentators and all that. And they kind of, usually they do an episode every week, but now they've done, I mean, things happens every, every day now. So <laughs> I was just listening to to the daily, I mean, and yeah, it, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it'll be a uh, it'll be an interesting god week, and then a long time, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, ah, uh, oh, maybe we can get st- stuck on this sub subject, but um, I think that uh, to be quite honest, what's going to happen in the short run is going to be entertainment. I mean, for us as an outsider, <laughs> I just wouldn't see that, that 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 guy tarred and feathered and and thrown out of the city. But uh, in the long run, it will be interesting to see what happens with your society. Uh, and I, ha- I have a brother living in Arkansas, oh. and yeah, so so uh, it will be very interesting to see how how your union is going to work out in the long run. Yeah, I'm uh, 
I'm hopeful, but, you know, cautiously optimistic in that. Anyway, um, how has your whole COVID life been during this last weird year we've had? Well, I mean, from a strictly personal point of view, uh, if you exclude the horrors of people dying left and right, it's been amazing. (laughs) Uh, uh, I, I could live like this forever. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it sucks that it's. I mean, and we haven't. I mean, we we haven't had a lockdown in Sweden yet. We work uh, uh, with more instructions than rules. Things are starting to change now. Uh, to be quite honest, but like I, I have been able to. Uh, my life has been much simpler. I've been working from home. Um. Uh, spent more time with the kids, you know, have had more time to do what I want. So, uh, yeah, it's been, um, I can't complain. Yeah, I, maybe in April or so, I interviewed Johan from Candlemass, and he said that, like, there was no lockdown or anything, and it seemed like life was normal for the most part, which blew my mind. Um, so has that been working? <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not normal. Uh, I mean, that's not. That's not a, 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 a correct way of describing it because it, it's definitely not normal. Right. But we haven't. Not, we haven't had any any um, uh, like we, we haven't had a, a strict curfew lockdown. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the. the well, I think I know that the the way how the authorities are thinking is that from the start they have tried to put on restrictions that we have. Well, that the, the idea is that we need to be able to keep these restrictions for a long time. If you do a lockdown, it's impossible to keep a, a society going because you can't have a lockdown for forever. Mm-hmm. You need to let people out sooner or later, because or or else your economy will collapse. So they've tried to to be on the right. I mean, balance this dispense of, of 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 uh, restricting people's um, interaction with each other, yeah. but try to keep the economy working uh, in some way. At least, um, and uh, but we have had. I think the problem we've had a, a lot of deaths, um, quite high compared, not compared to you guys, but compared to other European countries. Um, but the problem was that we failed to keep the virus from the elderly elderly homes. Um, so that's the reason why we have such a high mortality rate. Damn. And then you, of course, you, you're in, in in a couple of years. We can probably uh, debate of what strategy was best, because there's a lot of variables that you need to to uh, to keep in mind. Um, uh, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, life is pretty much normal for me. Okay. I, I don't go out, go okay. out much anyway. And I'll, I'll move off this this bummer of a topic shortly. Um, but just to kind of 
personalize it a little bit. The last show I went to in 2020 was your stop with Emma Ruth Rundle and Intronaut in San Francisco on March yeah. 9th or so. Uh, so last time I hugged somebody that wasn't like my my wife was at that show. So it, it's like this weird yeah. time capsule in my life. How was that whole run for you and like everything kind of going to shit in the middle of it? Um, first off, I heard that Slim's closed down for Slim's good. Slim's is dead, Slim. yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, supposedly, yeah, play there supposedly not because of all this, though, which I don't totally buy, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the thing is, I remember when I arrived in New York. Uh, I arrived a couple of days before the other guys because I had some band practice with another thing uh, a couple of days ahead. And I listened to this podcast uh, with... I think he's some sort of science editor of the New York Times. And he talked about the the coronavirus. And what he basically said was, you need to mentally prepare for lockdown of society. You need to mentally prepare for people that you know that's going to die. You need to mentally prepare for hundreds of thousands of deaths. Um, and I kind of, you know... He, I felt like he knew what he was talking about, and like I, uh, it felt unreal, but in some sense, like okay, um, I kind of mentally prepared for that. Uh, and while we were on tour, we didn't notice it at all more than the reports from, from, from home that as the weeks progressed and uh, we heard like reports from. Italy, uh, which got struck really, really bad in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the last week, you know, I got pictured from the subway in Stockholm, which was basically empty. And I actually got pictured of people like walking around with gas masks. Um, and it, I mean, we, we were so distant. I mean, now we know that the virus was already spreading in the US, but you, you didn't know that at the time. Uh, it, and it wasn't until the last couple of days, actually, like the last day we had in San Diego, we were sitting in this Mexican restaurant and we saw Trump on television, and he said that he closed that he closed the border from Europe. So we thought, oh, that's great because we're not coming from Europe; we're going to Europe. So that's great, no problem for us. Uh, then it took me a couple of minutes. Like, okay, wait, the, these planes they're go, going back and forth and back and forth all the time. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a problem for us. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think we had like after the show in San Diego, we were supposed to, um, or we had uh, is it three or four hours to LAX. Um, hit the bus and we we were going to fly to Mexico City. The day after, we had the day off uh, to, to travel, and uh, we called the flight company, and they said that no, your 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 uh, your flight is not. I mean, it's it's gonna be canceled. Canceled. And so that was a, a couple of stressful minutes when we debated on 
how we were going to deal with it. Uh, but long story short, we decided to keep, you know, stick with the plan, go to, to Mexico City and try to, to get into the U.S. again. Uh, and it worked out. That's the short story uh, because you don't want to hear the long story about the the air, airport in Mexico City to fly to the U.S. That that was very stressful. But we, we managed. And, and we finally got a flight to Europe and we kind of had to... Uh, yeah, fly to different places and you know, take different flights to Stockholm. But it was quite, you know, airy to be in an airplane that maybe holds a couple of hundred people. I, I don't know how how many, but a couple of hundred. And there was only like 20 or, or 30 there. It, it felt like you were on your way to a war, a war zone or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I, when I got back to Stockholm, eh, it was pretty much feeling that, uh, that it, it was very strange because the city was um, half dead. No one was outside and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was it was weird. Well, bring us a little closer to present day. Did you guys have any hesitation about putting out the Raging River right now with no, you know, immediate touring plans? Or since you're essentially the the label boss now, does that change how you release things? Uh, I mean, the sole reason why we release it is because of the extra time that we have, uh, that, that, that we got, because we had a lot of things planned for the summer and for the fall and for the future and all those plans were just, you know, we just flushed down the tubes uh, and we had extra time and we had some songs that we didn't, that we, we had them when we uh, went into the studio in Norway, when we recorded what later would become uh, the Dawn to Fear album. Uh, and for different reasons, we kind of pretty early on decided that we were going to, to you know, let these songs rest for a while. Felt like they didn't really live up to their full potential. I mean, you, sometimes when you write, you can hear that a song. It, it's going to be good, but it's not there yet. Um, so we kind of decided to finish a couple of songs. Uh, we rewrite them a bit and uh, also I mean we have continued writing since then so so kind of recorded a song that we didn't uh, have at the time um, and all this would not have been possible if it wasn't for the extra time that we got because of this situation yeah, I read in the um, the press release that you guys are considering this sort of a bridge between the last album and the next thing. So, I mean, no time on the road. You're you're definitely going to keep busy. Do you guys think you're going to have like a buckethead style release schedule now, one every other week? <laughs> I'm assuming no, but uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, but who knows? I mean, we're going to record when we can, rec- when we have something to record. Uh, I write all the time, and. The- Definitely, since since we and I started to write, 
music for pretty much after Mariner, it's we have been very productive, and there there's been a lot of songs uh, written and. They just keep coming, and that's why I said that it's a like a bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, to I, I have no idea what's going to come after, of course. But it's not like in the past we have written songs in you know closed sessions. It, like we have started off with an idea, uh, a narrative, or a story, or something that we want to tell. And then we've tried to adapt the artwork, the music, the arrangement, the production, the writing, you know, everything, the lyrics to this theme or, or narrative. And um, pretty much when we have, or when we uh, release that, you know, When we released that uh, need and just wrote, uh, and just, I mean, just let the creativ- creativity flow and go in any direction that you want it to go, um, then things just, it was like a creative tsunami. Uh, things just kept coming. And, and that's, I mean, we're still in that flow. So, uh, that's why I don't see Don't Fear or uh, The Raging River as like closed sessions or a, a closed session mm-hmm. like, like like we would work in the past. Did you guys have any reservations calling it an EP versus an LP? Because I know some people will get really hung up on links and track listings and how it's showing up in streaming stuff. Um, but... Again, since you're the label boss, maybe it's it's entirely up to you how what to call it. Yeah, I mean it's definitely an EP. I mean it's it just uh, um, for I mean you need to, to use yourself as a reference. Um, it's not an album for us. It's a much bigger project than than just uh, a, a bunch of songs. And it doesn't matter that it's close to 40 minutes long, which basically is a uh, album length for any other reasonable band. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's all about it's all about um, the dynamics of the work. Uh, an album is something very different from an EP. Mm. And uh, I know there are some people connected to this project that wanted to call it that an album but i like i i, I said that it's a it's, it's a record so if people want to call it in call it whatever they want but it's not in my from my perspective it's not a, a, an album uh not at least to our standards
From the collaborative album with Julie Christmas, Mariner, that was some of Chevron. I'll have more with Johannes from Cult of Luna shortly, but first, some shameless plugs. I don't make this request enough. Um, if you could head over to iTunes and subscribe and rate the podcasts, five stars would be great. Uh, it really is good for the show, helps my numbers look better, helps me get better guests, all that good shit. Then, of course, farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There you can find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, past episodes. If you're in a band and you want to talk to me, you can head there. So, again, farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. Please rate, subscribe, farbeyondmetal on iTunes. Now, before I wrap my conversation with Johannes, here is some of The Fall from Cult of Luna's last full album, A Dawn of Fear. your experience working with mark lanigan i imagine it was remote considering the time but i mean he's he's still a a legend yeah he is um and uh, it's an artist that i admire a lot and um i mean it's not it was very (laughs) a very uh uh um, distant cooperation because we we I mean I, I've admired him for many many years and actually um, my did I write that in the press thing anyway um, when we wrote uh, somewhere along the highway we had a song called and with our Kim the birds and the working title for that song was the Mark Lanigan song because we, we imagined that his voice would be perfect for for a song like that um but we were too too young uh to uh to we confidence to even dare to ask him uh and we had this song we talked about what kind of vocals we wanted to to have on it and it was just like a very open um creative uh, uh uh discussion that you have on pretty much every song from different perspective and it just hit me. Uh, maybe this is, and I said half joke, half seriously. But maybe this is the song where Mark finally going to sing on. And uh, I just sent well sent a message to our manager. Do you know somebody that represents Mark and can ask him? Yes, he knows him. Oh, I know him very. Uh, okay, uh, can you ask him? <laughs> and. Yeah, long story short. Yeah, uh, that, that, so after a lot of emails, which is very boring, uh, managers talking to each other, I got in contact with Mark, and uh, uh, he worked really fast and was super nice and super cool. And, and uh, uh, I mean, with a voice like that, he can 
it can't go wrong. Um, and hearing his voice on the song is it's still unreal. And also, I mean, it, it, it was not like I, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, and the way he did it was so fluent, and the flow of the melody was so unexpected that it really, you know, I'm happy that he did. And, and that's the good thing about, you know, that you don't really know personally. It was the same thing with Julie Christmas when we did that uh, that album. We had no idea how the, the vocals was going to sound. Um, and she came up with ideas that we would never have thought of. Same thing with Mark. Uh, which kind of makes it interesting for us too. Um, instead of like going into the studio and knowing exactly how things going to... I mean, it, there's some uh, advantages to that too, but it's way more interesting to, to, to be in the hands of another talented person. And uh, yeah, nothing can go wrong with either Julia or, or, or Mark, apparently. Uh, what are some of your favorite Mark Lanigan performances? Because like I'm, I'm mostly familiar with his work with Queens of the Stone Age, but I know he's had a thousand other projects. Um, but what are some of your favorites? I mean, I, I must say that uh, the the album is probably. I mean, that's my all time favorite. It's actually probably up there, top ten records of all time. Um, and that's that's the album. I'm sorry, which album you cut out right when you said it? Uh, Bubblegum. Okay. Uh, An album that came out in 2004, 2005 or something like that. Um, I I, I, I must have heard, without knowing it was uh, was him, I must have heard Screaming Trees before that and Mad Season 2. But it wasn't, I, I think I discovered him as Mark Lanning, as a solo artist, probably on um, on his work with Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time I saw him live. I've seen him with Soul Savior, too, and I've seen a lot of, maybe seen him, uh, his solo shows maybe three, four times or something, something like that. Yeah, oh, I absolutely love uh, the Gutter Twins album, uh, Sanilia. From two thousand and eight or nine, uh, amazing record. And one thing with Mark is that uh, that the longer you're an active artist, the harder it is to write songs uh, because the more music you write, you kind of paint yourself into a corner. It's it, it, it you use you've used all your ideas, so it's it's hard to write more music that doesn't repeat itself. And up, up until now, he he has done so many different things. And, and his solo project now, it's more like almost like rock mixed with post-punk, which is a relatively new sound for him. Mm-hmm. But it's still him. Mm-hmm. So he reinvents himself all the time and um, and that's something that I admire not only with him, him but uh, 
uh, I admire a lot of artists that try to you know break new grounds and and not uh, you know an artist like Radiohead they do the same thing you hear it's Radiohead but they try different things and 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 uh, different mediums to kind of channel their creativity so it's a uh, yeah I, I was and still am a big fan of him. So what I'm hearing is Mariner 2 is so, going to be with Mark Lanigan. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I, I don't bet any I, I money you. on that. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of Mariner, um, uh, the last time you and I talked was now, this is almost maybe around five years ago. I asked if you guys were going to play any of that stuff live, and you said no. And uh, I believe the shows yeah. were then announced like the next week. So... First and fake question, how dare you lie to me? But real question, um, have you kept in contact with Julie about doing another project with her, or do you guys think that was going to be one and done? Uh, 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 was it announced a week after we talked? I mean, well, I don't, I, I don't I, have the exact I, time frame, but it was it was pretty soon after. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, um, it wasn't supposed to be played live, uh, but I might have light anyway uh it, it happens. happens i understand the whole press circuit thing yeah. you can't announce everything yeah. <laughs> uh but it wasn't supposed to be played live uh we got we actually got convinced or forced by our agent and i'm really glad that he did um and yeah i'm i'm, I'm keeping in touch with julie on a if if not a weekly basis but you know a monthly basis and um yeah the reason why I were in New York before the other guys was that like I, I we were supposed to play uh, on the Roadburn festival I, I was going there, um, not as cult of Luna but you know as a, as a as a guitarist and a friend mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean and what comes out of that we'll see and that's an honest answer I I, I don't know I mean, we we are writing cultural stuff now, and I write all the time different songs for different people. So, who knows? I mean, I would love to work more with her. She's um, one of my favorite vocalists of all time. So, it would be it would be um, would be an honor to be able to to write for her again. Oh, man. Well, we're coming up on our time, so I'll go ahead and free you, too. I'm, I'm mad you've got more folks you need to talk to. Uh, the, what I've heard of the yes, EP of is fantastic, and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you guys again on the road some point somewhere. Uh, so, you know, best of luck with all your projects and your day and all that good stuff, and uh, thanks for being on the show again. Well, thank, thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, man. You have a good one. Take care. Have a good day. The Raging River by Cult of Luna will be out on February 5th via the band's own Red Creek label. 
To order your copy, head to www.cultofluna.com or cultofluna.bandcamp.com. Now to wrap this episode, I am recommending Requiem for Oblivion. Requiem for Oblivion are a technical death metal band that should appeal to fans of Obscura, Ulcerate, Gorad, and fans of all things weird and heavy. This March, the band will be releasing their EP, Hindsight 2020. The EP was written entirely during this lovely, weird, pandemic era we're currently living in. From that EP, here is Esoterica in its entirety.
Hindsight 2020 by Requiem for Oblivion will be out this March. You'll be able to pre-order the EP eventually over at requiemforoblivion.bandcamp.com and head to facebook.com slash requiemforoblivion for updates on when you can do that. And like I said earlier, if you want to talk to me, you can head to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There you can find all the social media stuff. If you're in a band, you can contact me to be on the show, much like Requiem for Oblivion has. And of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.